Hello everyone, my name is Kirsten and I work here at the house and for those of you who were here a couple weeks ago, I wanted to update you on my life. Um, I told you all about how great I am at carving pumpkins and how I'm really good at not forgetting that it has to connect to the edge. Well, I carved a pumpkin over the fall break time and so I wanted to show you a little update of my life. <laughs> um, well, mine is the one on the far left. Um, as you can see, I was trying to do the Seattle Seahawks, go Hawks, in the mouth, but it didn't really quite work out. So anyways, just wanted to update you on my life for all of you who care. There, there it is. Um, so the other day, my friend and I were mopping the floor, and we were laughing as we were exchanging stories about how when we were little, how dramatic we were about having to clean. I remember when my mom would say, okay, Kirsten, I need to clean your room. I would be like, oh my gosh, you're trying to make me be like Cinderella. And I literally would be in my room singing like the Cinderella, Cinderella song and pretending that there was like little mice there helping me because I thought my mom was making me be this servant who was cleaning the house and I was so distraught because I did not want to be a servant. And the funny thing is that before this job, my main part-time job was waiting tables. I served people all the time. And while I actually really liked waiting tables, the service didn't have as much glam as you would think. You would get blamed for food being late when it wasn't your fault, and every day you would leave smelling like food. Seriously. And in this culture, this idea of being a servant isn't really one that we put high up on any sort of pedestal. We see doctors as higher than nurses. We see a principal as higher than a cafeteria lady. We see a CEO as higher than a janitor. We see Princess Cinderella as higher than Servant Cinderella. Yet, what Jesus calls us to is he says that a servant is the highest rank, the highest role that we can have. He, in fact, says that he has come to serve and so as we step into this role of a servant, we are not only following Christ, but we are imitating him. We are obeying him as he says, if you want to be great, you must become like a servant. And then just like in any service role, the nurse, the waiter, they all have to learn how to be this job. They all have to figure out what posture they must hold, have to hold a tray the posture they must have to pick up a patient. And so we too, as servants of Jesus, must learn what a posture of serving Christ looks like. And posture is really important. Bad posture and good posture can set us up for success or failure. On Sunday, I was at a meeting here at church and I was sitting in a chair and I was sitting in it funny, I had bad posture and I got up and just today my back is feeling better. Bad posture sets you up for failure. I remember in ninth grade English class, every time we'd go into class, we had to sit in an active listening position. 
We all hated it because it was kind of embarrassing. But you had to put your hands out like this with them on your legs and you had to lean forward into the circle. And this, this was to get people to, to really actively listen. Their posture was helping them listen and it was helping other people receive what they were having to say. And while we were embarrassed, I think it actually helped. That's embarrassing, they're doing it up here in the front, stop. Um, sports teams will have a certain posture. They will have a posture of readiness where they will be on the balls of their feet, arms open, as opposed to back on their heels, arms crossed. Our posture is important. And in this sermon series, as we are looking through this passage in 2 Corinthians, we are hoping that your hearts may be widened, that ye may have eyes that actually see and ears that actually hear. And I believe a way that we receive this sight and we hear and our hearts are widened is through our posture. And so tonight, we're going to be looking at three different postures of a servant that Paul walks us through in the scripture that Jonathan read in 2 Corinthians 4 earlier tonight. We're looking at a posture that is active and all in, a posture that is open, and a posture that uplifts. So before we dive into these three postures, let me pray for us. Father God, um, I pray that you open us tonight, that you speak so clearly, and that we receive your words. Thank you for letting us participate in this ministry of yours. In your name, amen. A servant of Jesus has an active all-in posture. Daniel Day-Lewis is probably best known for his method acting. And by method acting, I mean when he gets a role, he does not break character for the entire filming of the movie. So when he received the role as Abraham Lincoln in the movie Lincoln, for the two months that it took to shoot this movie, he was Abraham Lincoln. He ate breakfast as Lincoln. He talked to the people in the cast as Lincoln. He discovered what iPhones were and texted as Lincoln. For two months straight, he woke up and went to sleep as Abraham Lincoln. And this to me is a perfect picture of this posture that is active and all in. God has called us into a ministry from his mercies. What Paul says that we are part of this ministry given to us by his mercy. That he has us serving for his sake. That there is this participation of servanthood. And a participation means action. And even the word servant itself, a servant serves, that there is this action that comes with it. What would a servant be if they weren't ready to serve or serving? And I'm not saying that like a servant always has to be digging a well or talking to someone, 
But I think of when I do yoga and we are in a passive posture and the instructor is like, okay, but your muscles are still active. There's still energy going from one fingertip to the other, that there's this active posture going on in us. And as Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't break character, he's this method actor that this servant role is something that we are continuing to work out of, that we aren't stepping out of a servant role, but that we are in it continually, actively. And just as he is fully into this role, that we too are all in. Because what would it look like for an actor to sort of act? Or a football player to sort of play football? Can you imagine a defender getting out, of there, getting out there in the NFL and like sort of tackling? Like he would just get pummeled. But Daniel Day-Lewis was fully in, and when people are fully in, we watch great things happen. He's known to be one of the greatest actors of our time. We see Marshawn Lynch, go Seahawks once again, we see him playing football all in. There's a game that, it was one of the playoff games, the Seahawks and the Saints, and he was given the ball. And when he runs the football down the field, all, every part of him goes down the field. There was this one game and he got around eight defenders and made it into the end zone. And the crowd went so crazy that there was an earthquake on the Richter scale. Because when we are all in, great things happen. If you have been around people that talk about things that they're excited about or get passionate, you know what this looks like. That somebody's talking about something great and you want to be a part of it just by the way they're talking. In core group the other week, one of my girls was talking about painting outside. I was like, I have to go paint outside because she was so excited. And I don't paint, but I wanted to be a part of it. We have a student intern who was doing a project and she was so excited about it and was talking about it. And this project was about cockroaches and treadmills. I hate cockroaches. I don't like treadmills, but I wanted to know everything about this project because she was so excited she drew me in. When people get so behind something, other people want to be a part of it. And when people get so behind something, they're all in when frustrations and hardships happen. They don't give up. That's why Paul can say that he does not lose heart because he's all in and invested. And unfortunately, I think this is why it's often hard to get out of particularly unhealthy relationships. You've put yourself all into it, your future, your hopes, yourself, when it doesn't work out, you don't want to give up because you are in it. And what fuels us to have this posture of being all into this ministry is this belief in God that he is so great and that we get to participate in this ministry with him. So he fuels us to be just as excited about the work that we are doing about this role as a servant. That we are active and all in. So what does it look like for you in particular to live this posture? 
Honestly, it can look as simple as you going home right after this and washing all of the dishes in your sink. Yes, all of the dishes. Even that one that you've been leaving for three weeks to prove to your roommate that they will never wash it. Let's see how long it's going to take them to clean this thing up. But you wash all of them that they look brand new because you are so excited to serve them. Because you are so excited that you get to participate in this ministry with God. The picture of this posture that I get is a picture of a swimmer. And not a swimmer that is sitting on the side of the pool with one leg kind of touching the water. But a swimmer that has dove into the middle of a lake. And that they're treading water, totally submersed in water and ready to swim in whichever direction. A servant of Jesus has a posture that is open. For a basketball player, a successful posture is an open posture. Their eyes must be open so that they can see anything coming down the court. Their hands must be open so that they are ready to catch a pass, to dribble, to shoot. Their legs must be in a parallel open position so that they can run forward or backwards or side to side. An open posture is a successful one. And the same goes with us as servants. And not just open in terms of I'm ready to go wherever, but open with truth and intention. Paul on that passage that was read says that he does not use any sort of manipulation. He does not tamper with the word of God, but instead lives out in the open so that truth may be what changes us. And I think oftentimes, unfortunately, we witness a lot of postures that are more like that manipulation, that closed off posture versus an open one. Especially during this time, we are seeing churches that are having hell houses, and some of them with the intention of scaring people into believing in Jesus. Or we read of places trying to manipulate people by putting pretty people up front to get baptized so that everyone else may follow along suit. We may have been like guilted into coming to church or to a worship service. This past Sunday, a friend of mine was telling me about somebody that twisted scripture in order to tell them that racism was okay. This is not a posture of openness. And we ourselves enter into postures that are closed often. We commit a sin, we struggle with something, and we go into ourselves. We hide. We become ashamed. And so we think, okay, we have to deal with this on our own. And if I tell anyone, they're going to judge me and they're going to look down on me. So I'm going to keep this to myself. And then this is where the God of this age that Paul talked about begins to enter in. And, and he says in that passage that he blinds. Those who are perishing, he darkens our eyes to Jesus. And we become more and more closed off to others, to our role as a servant, and to Jesus. But we are servants who have an open posture. And with an open posture, does not come isolation, but it comes living out loud in community. And with an open posture, doesn't come manipulation, but it comes truth. 
And with an open posture, instead of darkness, there's light. In verse 6, Paul says that we, the servants, receive the light, the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus. That we have this light that is shining. And so that if we have this light and if we are sitting in an open posture that other people may receive that light as well. The truth may be seen. If I had a flashlight and shined it out to all of you, you guys would see it, but if I put my hand over it, if I closed it off, what good is that light gonna do? But if I have an open posture and you can see that light, everyone can see it. My great example of what this looks like, an open posture, is found in John the Baptist. He was totally out in the open. Everyone knew what he was about. He, yes, wore camel skin and ate locusts and honey and lived out in the wilderness, but everyone knew that he was about paving the way for the Messiah to come, that he was about repentance and baptism. And so people would flock to him to be baptized. And then there was a day that there was probably tons of people waiting in line to be baptized, kids, families, probably just chatting, talking, okay, can't wait for the Messiah to come. Wonder when we're gonna be up there to be baptized. I wonder what this is gonna look like. And, and then suddenly, John looks up and probably quiets the crowd. And says, look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the crowd probably quiets and they look and they see Jesus. And it was not John like bringing out the fog machine and having some great speech prepared, but it was this open posture that invited them to Jesus. People trusted him, and so when he said, look, they turned. An open posture brings about invitation. So what does this look like for you? Well, first of all, to have an open posture, it means to live life in community, out loud with others. And then it means to live a life that invites people in, into your life into the good that you have discovered around you, the good of the beauty you have seen in Chattanooga, the good of the friendships you have made, and the good of Jesus. Maybe it looks like you inviting someone new to have dinner with you and your friends, to have coffee with them. The image for me of a posture that is open is a house on Friday, on Halloween. And not a house that is locked and the lights are off, but a house that the porch lights are on, the lights inside are on, and the door is open. So that when the trick-or-treaters come, they're like, Mom, look, we get to go to that house. Let's go. And they know they are welcomed. They are open. And a servant of Jesus has a posture that uplifts. A servant by nature, again, is one that has a master. A servant is under someone, is in submission to someone else's leadership. 
And for us as followers of Christ, God is our, ser- is our master. We are his servant. And so we follow him. We come under him. We uplift him. We glorify him. In verse 5 of this passage, Paul says that we do not proclaim ourselves, but we proclaim Jesus as Lord. Proclaiming in itself is this idea of uplifting. We are letting people know. And so how do we proclaim Jesus as Lord? We live it. We don't just live as he is our Savior. We live that too, but we also live that he is our Lord. We live in submission and obedience to him. We fight We work, we live for this kingdom and this king for Jesus. And that is proclaiming Jesus as Lord and uplifting him in the process. John the Baptist again has something to say about this. He says about Jesus that he must increase while I decrease, while I fade away. He was about Christ increasing, lifting him up. And then in verse 5, it continues, and Paul says, but we also are your servants for the sake of Jesus. That not only do servants of Christ uplift Christ and serve him, but we uplift other people. We get up under them. We encourage them. We get up under someone so that they may reach and dream higher and bigger and greater. We get up under them so that we are not in the way trying to prove our own greatness and perfection, but that they are seeing what the Lord is saying to them and what he is doing. We get up under others. And this tangibly for you looks like actually encouraging people, speaking real truth and life into their life the things that you see God doing in their world. And then it looks like stooping down. Because if we are going to uplift something, the first action is in that is bending down to lift it up. If you've ever been in a place of a lot of darkness or depression, you understand what it looks like to or feels like to sit in a pit, one that seems so hopeless and dark that you'll never get out or you never want to get out of. But if you've had a friend that has come in next to you, lifted you up just a little bit, you see a little of that light, and you experience some life and some hope, Because as we are servants that uplift, we get down in the muck and lift others up. We don't expect them just to come to us. We are purely imitating Christ, who came down into our muck and lifted us up and is now journeying with us towards his ideal. This picture of a posture that uplifts is a picture of a kid and his dad at a concert, standing behind really tall people. And instead of them just standing there, it's the dad scooping his kid up on his shoulders, uplifting him so that he may see above the crowd, so that he may see clearly. 
John the Baptist is such a great example of what it looks like to live this posture of a servant. He lived an active, all-in posture, so much so that he was beheaded for his ministry. He lived a posture that was open. People trusted him, and they were invited to see Jesus. And he lived out a posture that uplifted Christ, where Jesus was increased. So for you all, what does your posture look like? Are you sitting at the edge of the pool with one foot dangled in? Or have you jumped in and are you submerged in swimming? Are you a closed door sitting in darkness or have you opened your door and there is light shining and you are inviting others in? And are you boosting someone up on your shoulder so that they may see? Because here's the thing, your posture doesn't just affect the way that you serve, but it affects the way that you are served. Jesus is the ultimate servant, so he has perfect posture. He's active and all in. He's open and he uplifts. Do you have a posture that will receive that? That when he comes to you and says, I want to be active and all into your life, that you are ready to receive that. That he comes and says, here's what I hope for you. I'm so open about this. Come with me. Are you ready to receive that invitation? And do you have a posture that is ready to receive Christ when he comes down into the muck to lift you up? I hope that we can be servants that not only have a posture that allow us to point people to Jesus, say, look, it's him, and have their heads turned. But I hope that we can also be servants that look and see Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, you, you are the one who speaks, who moves, and who acts. Thank you for allowing us to be part of this, for being servants for this role. We love you. In your name, amen.